Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's um, Monday, I guess. In uh, the afternoon, it's about close to 3 o'clock, and uh, I'm back from my cardiac rehab, and let me see if I can do the Haftorah today, uh, and I have other ones coming up later in the week, we connect with Pesach, so I'd rather do the regular stuff now, uh, and I'm taking this opportunity to, uh, this uh, Haftorah podcast is being sponsored by the Rosenblum family, in, uh, it's, it's uh, in uh, Bittersweet. Is as today would have been, or yesterday maybe would have been um, the twenty second birthday of Gavi Rosenblum, who I mentioned before, with whom I was close and uh, who perished unfortunately in a car accident. Uh, I, his mother said she's twenty six Adar. I'm twenty one Adar, so he's twenty six Adar. He's born in two thousand and one, uh, and so as I guess is the birthday that would have been, and uh, I'm privileged to pay tribute to his memory, at the same time, is very sad, of course, very sad, had tremendous uh, potential, and we were close, he used to come and, and learn with me in the house, which most high school boys in the last couple years didn't do, so I had a special Kesha with him, so again, I pay tribute to his uh, memory, uh, very sincerely, I hope the family should have nothing but Simcha from now on. We're looking at the, uh, indeed, the Avtor is uh, always appropriate because uh, this is Parshat Vayikra and you have the passage from Yeshayah from Isaiah uh, which is often quoted but I'm, I don't think it's necessarily translated correctly. <clears throat> Whenever you have a Avtorah in some connection with the Parsha. So this Parsha Vayikra, the average person reading it it's carbonus, carbonus, carbonus. You know, you got your Ola, your Shlomim, your Chattas, your this, that, the other. And the Yaseris, when I covet, the Kishkas, and this, that, you know. It's all getting your hands dirty with the with the carbonus in the base of Igdush. And yet, so in others, let's put it this way. From the Chumash, the Judaism that you and I know didn't exist. There was no thing, such thing as, as a Shoal, or Davening. Or brachas, or shemanesrei, right? You know, uh, or benching lecht. You know what I'm saying? So much of what's happened in Judaism has come slowly over the centuries afterwards. We call drabonans, takonas, anshigasigdola, this, that, and the other. Uh, the original Judaism, the way it's presented in Chumash, had something of a different character. And the main difference, of course, to you and I, would be they used to have carbonas. Uh, but the carbonas weren't all the time. You know, there's a small amount for the regular person. And the point of the Haftorah today is that Claudius Yisrael, in the time of Prophet Isaiah, was already screwing around, and they and they were even derelict on the carbonas. And God is angry, of course, and saying like this, I didn't give you a lot to do, but you didn't even do what I gave you to do. So I didn't say, you have to wake them to... <laughs> 
early in the morning, Davin chakras of Vasikin and all that kind of business didn't exist. Or Mincha Mayrav or all the rest of it, or, or Musaf, or Yotzeris. Or you see what I'm saying? Look how much we've, we've changed. There wasn't even the institution of the synagogue. Synagogue emerged in Second Temple period in the diaspora. Not in the time of Yishayahu. And so whatever Judaism it was, it had to do with fighting against the Buddha's and there was only one God. And it's expressed primarily through Carbonus. Now, we today, looking back, especially the Frum interpreters, they'll say, well, the carbon was associated with Frum feelings and this and that and the other. Could be, you know, I wasn't there. Nobody with none of the, the Mepharshim also weren't there, you know. We assume piously that, you know, if a guy brought a carbon shlum in me, you know, he had the carbonus like you have in Shemonesri or something like that. Who knows? I mean it. And second of all, the, the better ones had good carbonus. The the, the schwacher ones did not. The, the the bringing of a carbon is very atavistic. It, you know, it, 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 it like the Ramban says, you know, you feel this could be me or something. I'm really giving something of myself to Hashem. However, the carbonus system works. And that is what was required. So it wasn't a lot, but it was that. And, as we kind of know, there are a number of big problems in the Bayes Shani period. Ishayo, I'm sorry, Bayes Rishon, I meant to say. And uh, Ishayo, of course, is smack in the middle of Bayes Rishon. First temple. Uh, I would characterize... Now, first of all... All right, let me, let me, let's get systematic. I would characterize the big, big problems as perhaps twofold, actually more than twofold. I would think of three things that come to mind, A, B, and C. For the 800 years or whatever, the Bais Rishon and the Shoftim and all that sort of, the first commonwealth. One is Avodah meaning believing in other gods and worshiping them. The second one is social injustice, which is a very heavy theme in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all the others, almost Hosea, where the rich screw the poor and get away with it. And the third one would be neglect of the Beis HaMikdash. That's what our Haftar is about. <clears throat> I think this is sometimes overlooked. When they give history classes or you learn Tanakh or that sort of thing, as a big problem because compared to Avodah Zara, it doesn't seem so bad. And, and, and I'm not saying it is as bad, but it was bad in its own way. So again... Avodazar means you're worshiping other gods. Um, social injustice means they have no yashras in your society. The rich stick it to the poor. They enslave each other. They do all kind of terrible things Jew to Jew. And those were real biggies. But it's also true, one of the problems you had was the neglect of the obligations towards the base of Migdash, including the Karbonis, as well as the money and the taxes necessary to maintain the Kohanim, the Levim, and all the rest of it. Because <coughs> guess what? The base of Migdash is an operation. You know, it's always easy to raise money like Moshe Rabbeinu did to build a Mishkan. Anybody in the fundraising business today will tell you, oh, you got a project, and we're building a, a school, a building, a synagogue. You, you, you're building something. It'll be easy to raise money because people, people can slap their name on the wall you know, and the plaques, and so forth and so on. It's much more difficult 
to to get money, raise serious money for everyday expenses. The gas, electric, <laughs> you know, right? The heat, the you know, the Sham and Lamar, all that stuff. And yet, you and I know, a shul doesn't run on its own, a yeshiva doesn't run on its own, a Beis Yaakov doesn't run on its own. I mean, you got to pay the tuition, got to pay the salaries, you know, to, to keep the, the the operating expenses. Does Nishkan Kleinikite? It's not a small thing. It's a biggie. Now, if you're talking about the Beis Hamikdash, so again, it's it was easy to raise the money to build a Mishkan, and when Shlomo Melch built the Bayis Rishon. He didn't even have to raise money. I mean, the guy was loaded up to the gills. So he could just, you know, cut cut a check, as they say today. And for him, it was chump change. But then, afterwards, Basin Mixer was there year after year. And then already it's not so simple. Because there's the better Kabayas, as they call it, the place needs upkeep. Every once in a while, we know in the Torah that they, they had to refurbish the place. That's going to happen with any building, even the most holy in the world. And it's since you have a carbonic system, so it is a public visible demonstration of whether the people are into their religion and really are sincerely um, desirous of pleasing God or not. And that is, you can tell by whether people bring the carbonus. Okay? Now, there's what you call carbonus seabor, and then there's the carbonus yachid. So you have your, you know, your, your, your uh, public. Offerings which are supplied by public funds. That's the machzah shekel and things like that. Assuming that people gave it. And that supplies, you know, your carbon tamid, for example, and things like that. Your carbonus tzibur. But then what about the carbonus yach? What about the average guy out there bringing a carbon? They had a baby. They, he did a sin. Uh, he went through a free will offering. A shlamim. Whatever. And... <clears throat> Just like, it doesn't look good for a shul if nobody shows up for, for davening. If only 10 people show up. It doesn't look good for a speaker if he comes and it's a, it's a very small crowd. You get it? Um, you know that. And so, um, when you have a public speaker in a lot of places, they'll make efforts to try to, to manufacture a crowd somehow or other. So similarly, in the base of this, it doesn't look right if there aren't carbonists being offered by, by, by faithful Jews every day, stamazite. And in the Gemara, they even have such a concept of Ketzamizbech, uh, I think it was called, that used to have a reserve fund in case nobody's offering any carbonists today, that they should offer these carbonists up there. So it shouldn't look like the place is the subject of apathy. And that's what Yeshayo is complaining about in our Parsha. The apathy and the lack of attentiveness that the Kla Yisrael shows towards the base of Migdash and therefore towards God. And the fact that Hashem didn't get angry and punish them or wipe them out because of their neglect is basically like the old line of Moshe Rabbeinu because he worried about Echel Hashem. For whatever reason, Hashem likes the Jewish people. It makes no sense, but there you have it. And if you like the Jewish people as a group, you got to put it with all their junk. A parent may have a child who's full of junk, doesn't act right, this and that and the other, but most of the time, what are you going to do about it? Can't shoot him? What are you going to do about it? So in radical cases, 
you know, they'll, they'll throw them out of the house or they'll, they'll sever relations. But in less than radical cases, they'll keep trying again and again to make it work. That's all. Keep trying again and again to make it work. I mean, what's the choice? You understand? Life is here for as long as it's here. And then, it, then it's gone. While you're here, you have to make hay when the sun shines. You got to go and try your best to, you know, make the best of the situation. That's called life. So Yeshayo says, and we, and it's interesting, it's one of these Torahs where they start in the middle of another prophecy. I told you they do that all the time. It's actually, I mean, not that the Pesukim and the chapters count much because that's from the Gaim, but nevertheless, Amzu Tilasi Sapero is in the middle of a long um, rant uh, which starts much earlier. And in my opinion, which is all I ever have, uh, I think it's 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 uh, it's what do you call it? not necessarily translated correctly. If you look at Isaiah forty three twenty one, which is the beginning of our Haftorah, Amzu this nation I created for me that they should you know proclaim my my praises. Okay, I'm looking at Kaplan. People I fashioned myself, they might declare my praises. Uh, well, yes and no. That is, of course, a plain translation. But I think it means, and I'm sure somebody must say this over here, because it makes more sense to me, since, he shot, since he's complaining about the, the faults of the Jewish people, this people I created, God says, and the fact I haven't dumped them, that's my biggest praise. Because when I pick a people, I'm loyal to them. Even though they do not deserve it. right? Even though they don't deserve it. And he goes on to say, "Why you haven't deserved it?" Velosi cross the Yakubi got to be key. Got to be Yisrael. Okay, you have not called upon me, Yaakov. You have you you have wearied yourself from me. Knows you haven't lifted your finger. Hashem complains to do anything for me. It's only a one way street. This is a parent complaining about a thankless child. How does Shakespeare put it? How sharper than a serpent's tooth to have a thankless child. Well, Yeshayahu put it in his way, you know, not in the way of King Lear, but he put it in his way. God be so. I, Hashem, do a lot for you. You don't do anything for me. Now, obviously, God does not need the carbonus. I understand that. But what he does want, clearly, is a two-way street. That That's clear from the whole Torah and the whole Jewish religion. And that's the big Yisod. And it's Latova Senu. And by that I mean the following. Let's say you're, I'm a giver and you're a taker. Who talks about this? What's in Desla, right? I'm a giver, you're a taker. And so you always come to me all the time for a handout. And I give you. Let's say I'm well off. And, you know, to give you a few bucks here, a few bucks there, a few bucks here, a few bucks there. It doesn't hurt me. But what kind of relationship is that? It's a poison, toxic relationship. You, the, the taker, are kissing up to me. When you come to me, it's with an agenda. It's not possible for us to have a, a, an actual relationship. Because an actual relationship has to have a two-way street. I give you something, you give me something. I do something that's good for you, you do something that's good for me. Not because I'm looking for tit for tat. 
Because let's say I'm the rich, as I said before. There's nothing that you, the taker, could give me financially. I can buy and sell you a million times over. But it can't be a relationship unless there's something you do for me that doesn't replace, but it sort of equals in some fashion what I do for you. If you think about it, that's what a friendship is. If you're friends with somebody, and not just in a formal way, but genuinely friends with someone, so what it means is I like being around him or I like being around her or something like that, because I know I'm very comfortable with this, with that person, because I know he does for me, she does for me, but I do for her also, I do for him also. Doesn't have to be financial, right? He makes me feel good, I make him feel good, we have a good time together, you know, that sort of thing. That's that's what a friend is. And that's the peak of life. The highest thing in life and the happiest life is a life filled with good relationships. It's definitely more important than the money in terms of quality of life. Because you could have somebody like Citizen Kane, you know, he's loaded, has no friends. So then, the, the, you know, the the... the the luxuries you have and the labor-saving devices and that sort of thing you have, but you have no one to share it with, right? You have none to share it with. And most people don't like going on a fancy trip by themselves. That's not true of everyone, but, you know, usually. You want someone to share the, 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 the experience with. And I know people, and maybe you do, where he or she will actually pay for a friend to come along on the trip. And they don't mind, because maybe the friend's not in a position to pay or something like that. Because it's the toilet of me. If I bring you along, I'll have somebody to share the relationship with, and we'll both of us will have a better time. You see? Because I'll make this joke, and you'll make that joke, and I'll say this, and you'll say that, and I'll order this, and you'll order that. There's It's a two-way two -way street. So if the human being is so constituted that you can't achieve your fullest realization, your best happiness, without another, right? Now, it could be a spouse, could be a friend, could be this, that, and the other. I mean, I'm not going into all that. <clears throat> not one of these, uh, you know, shrink freaks and all that. But it's not who I am. But, you know, basic common sense I have. And... You know, when someone's lucky, it's the spouse. When someone this, it could be the kids, it could be the parents, it could be a friend, it could be somebody else, somebody you know from school, whoever it is. But that's what makes life worth living. If that's true of two human beings, then what you get from the Haftarah today is that Hashem designed this for the Jewish people with Him, with, with, with Hashem. I give you stuff like life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You give me carbonus. I don't need the carbonus, but it makes it a situation where I gave you and you gave me. Therefore, we feel a certain equality, not equality of stature, because even in the muscle I gave you before, the poor guys are going to remain poor and the rich guys are going to remain rich. So you're going to remain a human being and he's going to remain God. But nevertheless, you have something in common. You have something you share. You know, I, I, I gave you this. You gave me this. I offered you this. You offered me that. and uh, And therefore our relationship can be more genuine. But if it's only a, a one-way street, 
if the recipient in the story I just said before was some, you know, uninteresting person that the rich guy just simply happens to have pity on. And like I say, he gives him a handout all the time. So it's nice that he's doing a, a, a tzedakah, but, uh, and it is, uh, but there's no relationship over there. You get it? There's no relationship. Uh, and if there was a relationship, it wouldn't be a, a genuine relationship. So that's what Hashem is complaining about. That's the prophet Yeshaya was complaining about in our half Torah. I give you all the stuff you never call upon me. You never brought me any carbonolos. You didn't bring me a carbonincha. You didn't serve me by bringing the frankincense. You didn't get me the uh, the items that cost a lot of money. All you did was have. Don't think you offered me with a pain in the neck. Okay? The only thing you offer me is a pain in the neck. Right? You gave me, you, 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 you know, uh, dominated me and you, uh, you, drew, you wearied me with your Averis. So great. I'm, I'm the rich guy and I'm giving you a hand that every day. And then you go and spit on me or something like that. That's not only not a relationship, it's a, it poisoned whatever possibilities there were, even in a one-way relationship, you see? Uh, now, the funny thing is, since this is Yeshayahu, and not, let's say, for example, Yermiyahu, so he, you know, doesn't give the full blast of the negative relationship. Instead, we have the divine grace, okay? Because this is Yeshayahu. And at the end of the day, if you have not a rich guy and a poor guy, but a parent and a child, let's say, for example, and it's a one-way street because the parent is always giving the child, but he's not going to cut him off. He's going to continue to support the child, hoping that one day the child, one day, not yet, one day the child will get it and, and return something back. Then in spite of everything, I'm going to erase your Averis away and start all over again. Which is why we read that Pasuk on Yom Kippur. Right? And Hashem says, you've been this way since day one. Avicha, Harish and Chotab, your ancestors were like that. Right? As a result, I had to go and profane the, the, the great officers. The language is obscure, but the bottom line is, the relationship with Rebbe Shalom is not what it should be. It's not toxic exactly, although sometimes it was. You know, sometimes it was. And maybe it was toxic over here because the rest of the Haftar has to do with God making fun of people who believe in idols. You know, and uh, he, did, he goes to the description. I did it last year, I think, or two years ago. How an idol is made, and you get the wood together, and you plane it, and you, you know, carve it up, and do all that sort of thing. He's going through the whole industrial process of making idols because idols was an industry, you know. Um, but the real problem is is not the mocking of the idols. The real problem, you know, if you think about it from a sensitive point of view, is the neglect of the Beisamigda stuff, the Karbonas, in the sense that it shows that there's not an interest on the part of Klai Yisrael to have a relationship with the Rabbani Shalom. And that's what he wants. The whole purpose of the mitzvah is all the rest is develop some kind of relationship. Don't ask me why, because then you get into the medieval 
you know, philosophical arguments, does God need anything? But however you understand it, he needs or he wants or desires, maybe it's for our good, he desires a relationship. And a relationship along the lines that I said before, which is a positive, loving relationship, which would equal at least, hopefully surpass, but would equal at least um, relationship with a good friend. Think about your best relationship in life. Maybe it's with your spouse. That's nice. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's with a cousin, relative, basically. You know, everybody's different, right? It could be with with somebody you don't even know so well. But the point is that you say, I like being with that person. I like to go to a ball game together. I like to go fishing together. I like there together. So can you match that with God? I like to go fishing with God, right? I like to go to a ball game with Hashem. I like to do this with Hashem. That's what Hashem, that, that's what the message is in this week's Parsha. And that seems to be a certain kind of rationalization of the Carbonus. It's not the Maimonidean one, which is historicist. And it's not some of the others. It's not even the Ramban's one, you know, with the, uh, you know, vicarious and all that. Instead, what it is, is um, a relationship kind of building device which, at least that's my understanding of what Yeshayo means, which I think is a better explanation than that of the Rambam and the others, or at least it speaks to us nowadays in the 21st century uh, better, because I think everybody around today, anybody's half intelligent, anybody's listening to his podcast, can understand what I'm saying, which is, if you're a friend of mine, I want to bring you a carbon, not a sacrifice, but I want to do something for you doesn't have to be money, doesn't have to be things could be, you know, express itself in a lot of different ways. But I want to be with you so that I don't feel it's a one-way street. I don't like to be around somebody that's always a one-way street. I like to be around somebody that's a two-way street. He does for me, I do for him. She does for me, I do for her. You understand? And that's what, what solid and healthy relationships are, are built around. So I think that's the big, interesting message from the Haftarah. And, uh, that's a biggie, okay? That's a biggie. Once again, I want to thank Mishpachas Rosenblum. Uh, my, like I said before, it's a bittersweet to think of Gavi's birthday yesterday and tomorrow, Hebrew and English. And uh, as I said before, listener Bonsham is in charge, but we do pay uh, tribute to his memory, uh, which I think of very fondly. Uh, as I said before, as parents and a family should only have simchas from now on. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.